Thank you. Let's, let's pray. Dear Lord, we ask your blessing upon the word that we're going to look upon. We want, Lord, to pay attention. And, Lord, we confess that through our own nature, we can hardly grasp the truths because they are spiritual and they need to be discerned spiritually. And only Holy Spirit in our hearts can enable us to do this. So please, Lord, if somebody doesn't have life, I pray the Holy Spirit will come with life and will make the words meaningful. For those of us, Lord, who have life but have left our guard down and are sleeping, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will awaken us and will make these simple words that we'll hear shortly find the power because the power is in simplicity. In Jesus' name we pray. And Lord, we ask your blessing to be refreshing upon those that are suffering, like Norman. You know how worried family is at this time. I pray, Lord, that according with your will, you will strengthen him and you will grant him the, the strength and the healing to still spend with the family. Your will so is. And you know, we know that you have all power to do this. We pray, Lord, for Jessica that she will, uh, Lord, rejoice to the full of her youth and uh, make the most of her energy, Lord, around her family and uh, friends. So praise, Lord, help the doctors. And Lord, we know that it's not up to them. It's up to you. You have the last word. Come and uh, deliver her from anything that uh, doesn't allow her to, to enjoy full, um, full health. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. John chapter 4 is the woman at the, the, woman at the well. Please, uh, it's, uh, we'll not read maybe the whole thing, but just a few meaningful verse, verses to know where we are. Jesus um, was traveling to the north of uh, Israel, going to Galilee, but he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria, verse 4, called Sichar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For, G for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you will have asked him and he will have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his flocks and herds. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. 
Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man now you have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. And Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Never forget that. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Then the disciples return. They are a bit confused that he's speaking with a woman and not just any woman, a Samaritan, but they dare say nothing. And then by this time, the woman went into the city and says, verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So the so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of, this, of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now, now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Amen. Jesus had a way of intriguing people. He spent with tax collectors, with the sinners drinking with them, eating with them, and then um, now he spends with Samaritans. So it says that is, this is the sixth hour of the day and will have been uh, our 12, our noon day. Uh, it will have been very hot at that time, so people will not come to take water or to be very busy about this time. They will rather come earlier or after that, but this woman chooses to come at this time. And you know why? Because she's quite famous in her place at that time. She was a woman, as we see later on, who had five husbands, and now she's living with a sixth man, not in marriage. They were just living together. So she felt a bit embarrassed about her situation. And it's at this time when Jesus meets her right at the well, while the disciples are in the city or in the town to buy, says the Bible, food. And uh, we are looking, this is a series or a mini-series that we're going, Jesus' shocking affirmations. So this is another shocking Affirmation from Jesus because he dares to spend with this woman. So Jesus does three things. He breaks three Jewish customs. So we look at the woman and first we see her need. Her need is for living water. The word of God reveals her as a woman with a thirsty soul. Jesus breaks three Jewish customs. Firstly, he speaks to her despite the fact that she's a woman 
who will pay attention in a Jewish culture to speak with a woman? Especially a rabbi will not do that. Second, this was not just a woman, it was a Samaritan woman. She was a mixed race. I don't know how, and I don't want to, to come with any examples right now here, lest I will be misunderstood, but something that you don't want to associate, a race, somebody from a so social status that you don't want to deal with, you count yourself too good for them. So the Jews counted themselves too good to get in touch with Samaritans because the Samaritans were part of the northern kingdom. Remember, only the southern kingdom was taking the Babylonian uh, captivity, but they managed to come back. They maintained their pedigree, if you want, but those who were left, the northern kingdom, were uh, assimilated by the Assyrians, so they had mixed race. So to be a Samaritan for them was something like a traitor. You know, you were even worse than a pagan to the Jews. So Jesus speaks with a woman. He speaks not just with a woman, he speaks with a Samaritan woman. And third, he breaks another Jewish custom. He asks her for, for a drink from her own cups. You know, ceremonially, a Jew will become unclean to do this. And exactly that's what he does. He's become unclean by touching a coffin. He's become unclean by touching a dead girl like Jairus, asking her to raise from her dead, from her sleep, as he calls her. So he touched the lepers. Jesus wasn't bound by these sort of things. So the woman herself is surprised to see that Jesus pays attention to her. And Jesus also used a day-to-day -day experience to open a, ma a meaningful discussion with a woman. You know, the, the discussion goes about water. Jesus asked her for a water. And then uh, the woman is intrinsic. You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? Don't you know your place? Don't you know my place? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus takes from this to go into the spiritual aspect. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you will have asked him and he will have given you living water. And she, she doesn't get it. She hears it, but she doesn't get it. She doesn't have ears to hear at this stage. And it's like us. We come in the church and we hear it, but we don't get it. And uh, by doing this, by asking for water, Jesus asking for water, he Asking her for a favor, Jesus places himself in a position of need. Something that we don't usually do ourselves when approaching others about the gospel. We are usually the ones with the solutions. I have something for you. You know, you're a sinner, I'm saved and I need to, to tell you something. But if Jesus was the saved of all saved... He didn't need to be saved. The champion, the perfector of our salvation, and the one who initiated was our salvation. He lowers himself to her need and places himself in a position of need so that he can reach out to her need. And that's what's most important about Jesus. From heaven, he came helpless babe, entered our world. 
And he entered our world to be like us so that we can approach him. And he became like us, he became wounded like us, he became suffering like us, thirsty like us, afflicted as us, man of sorrow, acquainted with suffering, so that we will not be afraid to approach this God. This is our God, the servant king, meekness and majesty, manhood and deity. Bow down and worship, for he is our God. We don't worship out of fear before God. We worship out of all. When we see how much he stood down for us so that we can grasp him, so that he can understand him, that he loves us. So he takes this discussion about biological water, survival needs, as an illustration for the deeper spiritual needs of this woman and our needs. And the principle is this, what water is for the body, Jesus living water is for our soul. What water is for our bodies, I need this for my voice, Jesus living water is for our thirsty soul. The thing is, do we acknowledge we have a thirsty soul? We do not neglect our bodies. We do not deny them the water. Yet we let our souls starve for the refreshing that they need. Or better said, we do not feed our souls with the substance they are meant to run with, living water. As water is made for the body to cool it down, to energize it, to hydrate the body, and not poisonous substances, or, so our souls need their own living water. Like the woman at the well, we don't know it and we neglect it. We go to the wrong wells, to the wrong wells. And this happens in the world and it happens very well in the church. In the world, we have the wrong wells. When our souls are starving and are thirsty for joy, we go to satisfy them. And we think that needed for our bodies. And we give it alcohol, and we try to drench it in drugs and sexual pleasures without knowing that it's not our bodies that are thirsty for all this. It's our soul that is thirsty for refreshing. But we give the wrong substances to our soul. We give poison to our soul because we try to drench the thirst of our souls in all these things and in the pleasure, in the noise of the parties at the weekend. And how many have had their souls satisfied this way? Show me one, because there is no possible, none. It was with deeper sadness. I didn't even know about this lady until this past week, Caroline Flack. Did I pronounce rightly? Because I'm not watching the program. I don't find something that can satisfy my soul in that kind of program. I was amazed how many know about her and even more Christians because on Facebook you get to know how many of your friends they know about these things. And uh, I'm so sorry for her. Love Island, she was there but didn't do too much to fulfill her. It rather drained her out, start her literally 
just to prove that fame, money, and pleasure won't do it. But now I'm coming to what burdens me most. We go to the wrong wells in the church, in our own churches. Instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfect of our faith, when sin entangles us so easy, and to drink from the well of living water he gives, we treat him as insufficient. We go, say, Jesus, it's not enough. I want something more. And I don't want to, I want to be very careful. I don't want to offend anybody. But since I'm here in Scotland, I've noticed that people migrate from one church to another more than, than ever. In other places, I haven't been in many, just in Romania. But this tells me there is a thirst that is not satisfied. And people have not satisfied their thirst with Jesus himself. They are so dependent on the next great preacher, on the next great teacher, the next great program, the great next vision of a different church. And the thing is, I don't have anything. The preachers are good. The teachers are good. I'm looking for them and I'm listening to them. But we don't not, must not substitute them with Jesus himself. They are not our wells. Use them only as the cup holders, the cup bearers, if you want. And make sure that Jesus himself is your living water. Because when you know Jesus, you're satisfied. And Paul says you need to be rooted in him. Established in him. Because sooner or later, that church and that preacher, that pastor will let you down. But Jesus, never, ever. And when you're holding on Jesus, you found Jesus, you found stability for your souls. But we say, only Jesus, it cannot be. I need something extra. He becomes the second. He doesn't become, as John said earlier on, the paramount. As Paul says in Colossians, the preeminence in everything. Just the means, Jesus becomes only just the means for our satisfaction, but not our own very satisfaction. And I'm coming to this now. It's like this is just water here, an empty glass and a cup of tea. And usually, we like the cup of tea, something like that, a bit of milk, and then a bit of sugar. How many sugars do you usually take? Just one? Or just, just one for Gladys? Something like that, yeah? Just one for Gladys. Who offers to have it, for whom to give it to? Anybody takes two? David says, take, uh, Eddie says, takes two. Anybody takes three? You take three? Jamie? Yeah. Jamie, Jamie, how many you take, Jamie? You take three? See already? Graham knows. Anybody takes four? Any takers? Four? Any? 
One, one at least person. So, three is the limit. Five. Three. Four. Five. Any, any takers? Will anybody like to drink it? Eddie would like it to drink it. He can't have enough sweet. Now I have here Dr. Pepper. It's similar with Coke. And it's something like that. Did I bring the water? I brought the water. How much sugar do you think it gets? It can get in a cup like that. I, I mistake. Eddie, Krina, could you please bring for me a, a, a glass, just an empty glass for me? Thank you. I knew I did, I'm not, I haven't prepared myself properly. You know what? Don't worry. Just leave it. I, I can use it this bag. In a can with Coke, in a normal can with Coke, you know how much sugar we get in there? Well, depends. Eight, I, 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 I looked on the internet what I've seen. It was nine and a half. Okay, I'll use the cup, will be better, thank you. So, it will be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine and a half. When you drink a can with Coke, that's the amount of sugar. You drink it. Do you like to know it? That's exactly what the good news is all about. When we say good news, good news means don't tell me something that will disturb me. Don't tell something that will offend me. Don't tell me something that will make me feel guilty. But the good news is you can be healthy without this stuff. And you cannot preach the good news if you don't preach it against the bad good news stuff. Those who know me, you know how much I like, I used to like Dr. Pepper. You know how much I used to like all the fizzy, I still like them. Once a drink, a fizzy drinker, always a fizzy drinker, yeah? It goes this way as well, not just with the alcoholic. I still like them. I cannot say I don't like them. But I realized something, I need to do something with my life. And from then on I became a water total. You can take me to a restaurant, you can take me to, to a meal in your own houses. By the way, you're welcome. <laughs> but uh, I will not have the fizzy drink because I realize sugar should not be part of my body anymore. And you know, Jesus says it's the same with water. Why water, living water? Old, boring water. It's too simple. 
but we say, I want something. Jesus is not enough. I need to make it a bit sweeter. Sometimes he's too offensive to me. Sometimes he's too drastic to me. He asks me to cut my hand if he makes me sin, to gouge my eye. And I need to make Christian life a bit easier. And you know, you put sugar, and you know, for those who don't like water, I was surprised when I was to a, rest, um, to a meal with the guys when we've been with the bikes. It was a guy who will not have just water. He needed to have a, something that will make the water sweet, some flavor in the water. And he said, that's how he lived. And somebody was joking about his, oh, you've been very spoiled since he was a child. And they say, it's not enough just to be sweet. We need to add a bit of color. And that's what we're doing with Jesus. And you know, Christian life, Jesus and salvation is so simple for us, but we don't like simple things. And we get something like that. You know, Jesus is good for nothing anymore. Well, yes, you got color. You spice it with color. You spice it with sugar, with sweetener. You made it suitable for you to get drown your throat. But at the end of the day, you've poisoned yourself. And that's the whole message of this passage. That's what I'm telling you. I'm trying to tell you and I'm trying to tell myself. Don't run away from Jesus. Don't think you need something extra. You have it right here in the word of God. You have it right here. On the, crucify, on, the crucify, on the crucified Jesus and on the resurrected Jesus. Don't try to spice him anymore because Jesus plus something equals nothing. That's the whole message of the Colossian church, to the Colossian church, and that's the message for us. The time has gone. I... The point is this, in the world the sweet is wrapped and presented as last, but in the church the sweet comes in the form of anything that thrills and excites our emotions to the point of cutting it, divorcing it from reasoning. Paul says, I will pray with my spirit and with my feelings, but I will pray with my mind, I will pray with my mind as well. The moment you, you're for fizzy things, for fizzy feelings, fuzzy feelings, you're losing Jesus. Because you're in for sweetener. And she says, if you want to be healthy, take me as pure water. Don't alter it. We're going and we alter it with our own interpretation of doctrines, our own views about the Bible. Only Jesus and Holy Spirit will do it and will be water for your soul. We are to be grounded in Christ, said Paul, strengthening him and by him, and Satan is telling us Jesus is not enough, water is not enough, get your own cock, get your own slur, get your own iron brew, or Red Bull, get your own energizer, get your own Gatorade, you do know that coke, though tasted, causes dependence. It doesn't saturate like the old, boring water. Yet there is health in water. It should have been something more. It should have been her problem when he saw that he was a prophet. And it should have been something more. 
and her excitement when she discovered that he's the Messiah. But we'll leave this for, for another time. I'll close with this just now. And uh, I would like to close at least with a song that we have on the, on the video, please. I hope you can follow this one, you know. I like the, when the videos are with, uh, songs are with videos, but I like even more when we can join them. So hopefully it's an old one, we can sing this one together. Samaritan woman, we are just like her. We have run from sin to sin, from pleasure after pleasure, from friendship after friendship, from preacher after preacher, and author after author, hoping. Somehow, we'll get it this time. Lord, you've been right here for us. Right beside our dry well. 
only needed to get in touch and talk to you. Forgive us, Lord, that we have ignored your voice. Forgive us, Lord, that we've tried. We've run dried well, uh, dried. We run dried for so long with the Bible in our homes, with the Word of God in our churches. Forgive us that we've tried to spice it up, to make it glow with our own substances, with our own ideas. Lord, I repent myself for trying, Lord, to, to be more than and give more than your word can give like I could ever do that. And repent, Lord, together with my brothers and sisters, and we want to say, here we are, to make a commitment that we'll let your word be your word, be living water, and let it flow as it was meant to flow, right from the heart of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to catch up. Not that all religion, but Lord, but that all gospel, Lord, because that's where the power is. That's where the power unto salvation is. So, Lord, please come and visit us again from now on with your Holy Spirit in the power of this simple gospel. And let us not be ashamed of it and leave it as it is to know what this nation has once known, that Jesus Christ died dead for our sins and resurrected for our sake, it's enough to take us to where he is ascended into heaven one day. So Lord, fill our cup. We'll lift it up for you as empty as it is. And help us through Holy Spirit to rediscover what means to live in the refreshing, the newness of life that Christ Jesus can provide for us. We abandon, Lord, the steps and the keys to a more successful, prosperous, and satisfying life because there are none. Jesus alone is satisfied. We abandon our visions for so-and-so prosperous churches, and we come to Jesus himself as our vision. We want to turn back to the roots of the apostles. Without Jesus, they couldn't do anything because they didn't have anything else to give. And Lord, we confess that we don't have anything else to give except Jesus. That's why we want to make sure that we appreciate him and value him and count him worthy. Lord, please come and satisfy the thirst and the wounded souls. Have come with their worries in this place. Indeed, Lord, we cannot kid ourselves. We cannot leave the worries. Even if we leave them, they get stuck to us and on us. But Lord, the water will flush them away if we drink it. Help us, Holy Spirit, to know how to drink this. Simple by just believing in Jesus. That he's enough. He's enough. He's enough. We commit, Lord, those that are wounded. At this time, Jeff, family, going through the loss. Those that are wounded emotionally. Those that are wounded by illness, like Kathy, Lord. Thank you for the good news that the doctor gave about her. Lord, we continue, Lord, to uplift them before you. In Jesus' name, amen.